This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. pumpkin beer that's pretty spooky right that is kind of spooky which pumpkin beer are you drinking it's a saranac saranac oh yeah 100 percent natural pumpkin it says on it as opposed to all those fake pumpkins yeah you don't want to drink them fake pumpkins don't do it don't do it welcome to overdue this is a podcast about the books that you have been meaning to read my name is craig my name is andrew and sometimes when we get into these bonus episodes I feel like our tagline has quotes around parts of it. <laughs> the, like, the, the quote books you've quote been meaning to quote read. <laughs> quote welcome to overdue. <laughs> yeah. Or some, sometimes we end up in other podcasts that we should have been doing all along. And that's where you put quotes around overdue, I I guess. This is the podcast. I mean, this this podcast can encompass all of our many, many sub podcasts. It's a multiverse, really. Mm-hmm. Um, So we're in Spooktober. We're so spooked out. So we're right in the thick of it. Yeah. In the and depths of it. I saw a touching Walmart commercial today about a kid who went trick-or-treating as Captain America and he had like an invisible man dummy like over his shoulder and he was getting trick-or-treat candy in a second bucket the whole time which seemed like it was like a real good con that he was playing yeah, how is that touching that's just but wait everything that's bad about late stage capitalism but wait then he goes to his friend's house and his friend has a broken leg and couldn't trick-or-treat his friend was the invisible man, Andrew. Why wasn't... All right, one, the people who are giving him out that candy do not know that. And so he no. probably just got a bunch of like bitter honeys and apples and stuff. He probably got all the bad candy. Sure. Um, and two, I think if, that, if the invisible man's dad or mom had really been on top of it, they would have figured it out. At that point, you got to do a Krang from Ninja Turtles costume where that kid is in dad's stomach. Whoa, that would be that would be some impressive engineering, actually, a Krang. That's a pretty good costume. We're here to talk about Goosebumps for the first time everywhere. I've given myself Goosebumps. We are about which I hear has been outlawed in several states since these books originally ran. Funnily enough, I don't think any of these books are in print anymore, except maybe like (laughs) one of them. Uh, called like please don't feed the vampire or something please Um, please (laughs) please don't what do we say what does the sign say uh these books as you may or may not be able to tell are an offshoot of the goosebump series of books written by one rl stein that's robert lawrence stein uh, and they're also sort of ripoffs of our normal choose your own adventure fair. And this is the first time we've gone off that garden path. That's true. That's true. Into into the realm of choose your own adventure likes. Yes. And I 
probably read I probably read two or three Give Yourself Goosebump books as a kid. I owned the first three. Which were what? Um, it was the Horrorland one. Escape from the Carnival. Escape from the Carnival of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the one I think I read the most. I had TikTok You're Dead. Great title. Great title. Which is a pretty good title, though. Like, Say Cheese and Die Again is a Goosebumps book title. So That is an actual sequel, right? To Say Cheese it and Die. It is a sequel to Say Cheese and Die. Okay. And it's, I, actually, it's the laziest title that's ever. <laughs> it's like, what if the Lord of the Ring, like, what if the two towers have been called That Ring Stuff again? <laughs> there and back again, again. <laughs> and then number three trapped in batwing hall sure sure yeah you did not have the deadly experiments of dr eek i did not i did not experience those experiments okay i did have night in werewolf woods which was I... like a camp ground where you ate marbles and turned into werewolves it was weird <laughs> i've been led to understand the, is it that one or is it deadly experiments of dr eek that that you told me had many dog-based endings whatever Acqu- that according means. to wikipedia yes what um, is a dog-based ending i did, and is it good or bad well beauty's in the eye of the beholder i suppose <laughs> But I imagine you either are tor- turned into a dog or like a dog that can talk, like saves your bacon, basically. Like a talking dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumb because dogs would always eat your bacon; they wouldn't save it. But yeah, I saw those commercials. Bacon, bacon. So R.L. Stein, real quick, is a guy who writes books for kids. Um, we should probably like come back to him on a later episode and like do a Fear Street book because i've never read anything that wasn't goosebumps by him yeah um, i've i've read a few fear street books the 99 fear street books not like not the i didn't read 99 fear street books no but there was a series about the house and the address was 99 fear street as i recall and those gave me the heebies the heat and the jeebies just the heebies oh okay well we'll read them and see if i get the jeebies um mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Lawrence Stein was born in 1943, a native of Columbus, Ohio, Andrew. Um, oh, nice. No, according native to, son. Uh, according to uh, R.L.'s website, no one in his family ever called him R.L. Everyone calls him Bob. So we're going to call him Bob now. Did he prefer to be called R.L.? Maybe. Uh, Bob wrote for kids in the humor magazine Bananas, um, under the often under the name Jovial Bob Stein. It's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a co-creator of Eureka's Castle, that like Nick Jr. jam of Eureka's the late 19- Castle. I love that show. Uh, he wrote his first horror novel in 1986. It was called Blind Date. Um, his website, rlstein.com, just says, in 1986, R.L. turned scary. Sure. What was he before that, I, I wonder? What did he turn from? <laughs> uh, unsettling? Mm-hmm. Um, and before he started the Goosebumps series in 1992, which was published by Scholastic. So if you went to 
If you got one of them troll book fairs, yeah. like one, I'm sorry for you, and two, you did not get Goosebumps books. No. Um, in 1992, uh, before he started Goosebumps, Stein authored three humorous science fiction books called space in the Space Cadet series called Jerks in Training, Bozos on Patrol, and Losers in Space, which he knows his audience. Those are good <laughs> book titles. Losers in Space is his a little too close to home, you know? Yeah, maybe. Just given like the kinds of people who would do all the school, like the nerds that get into space. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Goosebump series has been turned into a t- television show. Um, there's been some video games. I think there was a Jack Black movie. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, I'm not going to verify that because I don't want to know. Move on from there. Uh, he's won a bunch of awards and you know, gotten honors and sold a bunch of books. So he, this was like an offshoot when people were like, hey, those books are popular. Let's do ones where you get to give yourself goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And it is my understanding that he wrote all of these. He, I, I can't find anything that contradicts that statement in my yeah, cursory I think there research. Were like, there were like Babysitter's Club books and some of, some of these other like long-running kids series from this era did have ghostwriters yes um and we actually were friends with somebody whose dad wrote a couple of babysitters club books peter larangis mm-hmm. hey Is i don't it, think we're breaking any non-disclosure agreements I by, mean, we by did, saying this but we did just tell everyone that he's a ghost but that's fine it's fine Get it's it? like we're we live in an enlightened age and i don't think people are going to hold his being a ghost against him that's true well they can't um, hold they can't hold him against them because he's a ghost they can't uh-huh. How many how many vanilla Goosebumps books did you read? Uh, I think I read Say Cheese and Die. I of course, think, classic. I think I read not like less than ten. I think I'm trying. I'm struggling to come up with titles because I do not think it was like a terrible amount of them. It's kind of it's a thing where I don't always remember titles, but I can say like Friends style, like the one where. Oh, sure, 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 the sure. The one where there was an evil sponge under the sink that could only be killed with love. Like, there's... Uh, I read a lot of Goosebumps books, and I do not know if I have told this story on the podcast or if I have ever told you this story. Uh-oh. But as a middle schooler, like fourth, fifth grade, I read so many Goosebumps books that the kids on my school bus called me Goosebumps. No! <laughs> And it was not intended as a compliment. Oh. oh no! How I'm so proud of you for doing this podcast right now. They called they you call, Goosebumps. They called me Goosebumps. Oh, they would be like, man. "Hey, Goosebumps." To the point where I started only reading my Goosebumps books at home. Like I, I let you need an what, e-reader. I I did I did I was just I was born too early I was born in another era. Oh no! Now I can read Fifty Shades of Grey on the train and like nobody bats an eye. But oh, back in the day, they all just would have called you Nook. No, oh. or Koba or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Those jerk kids did, weren't down for your scares. It's a like it's it's a good story now, and that's the way I choose to view all the bullying related incidents that yeah. happen to me in school. 
Yeah, I was in elementary school, and there were a couple kids that liked to like chase me at recess. And was it because they liked you though? Yeah, but then they called me molasses, like slow, like molasses. Because you were slow. I don't know if I was. I felt like I was because they kept catching me. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Goosebumps might be a worse nickname, and I'm trying to like I'm trying to think through why, and I, it's got to do with. Oh, it's it's like, a worse nickname. It's bad. It's not great. It's just like here's me, and maybe like I don't know. Maybe this is why I have such a hard time liking anything. But mm, mm-hmm. in the day, I like I loved Goosebumps. I I had my parents buy me everyone. I loved them. Everybody knew I loved Goosebumps. And here are these kids on the bus. Yeah, whose, their names were like Lori. And Nakia, and I don't even. There was a bunch of other kids with names, <laughs> none Good of which Midwestern were names. No, they had real and names, they, and they called me Goosebumps. They just—they <sighs> were maybe they were jealous because they—they never loved anything like I love Goosebumps books. And shout out to everybody who was a kid or is a kid. If you're kids, like, how did you find our show? Um, yeah, go find your go find an adult, go find an adult, not us. Um, <laughs> Who like turned to reading or just liked reading and then like you have to reconcile the fact that like cool kids who wear leather jackets and pop their collars and smoke cigarettes like they look down on reading. But well, they're, they vape. They vape now. They don't, well, that's true. It's not cigarettes. It's and vaping. adults are constantly being like reading's cool. Like you should read. And like most kids are like jerks reading. Get out of here. Goosebumps. Like. There's like the weird disconnect, right? Where like you're being told that it's this great thing and all it does is in in some groups of kids, it like becomes a weird stigma. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't fun. Well, I'm For sorry. Goosebumps. <laughs> I'm sorry that you got the bad ending of those bus rides, Andrew. I did keep reading Goosebumps until like I I read Goosebumps until I outgrew it and not because they made fun Good. of me for reading it. I'm very yeah. I'm very happy for you. I stood in my truth. That means that we can read Goosebumps today for our fans. Because I've grown back listeners. into it. It turns out that you grow back into Goosebumps. That folks. sounds so gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig drawers. I am ready to read you the warning on the front of this goosebumps would book you for, because wait you love covers of these books can you just tell me love them the what is, is on the else. art of this book the art of this book is a young blonde boy or maybe he's a brown hair boy it's hard know. to tell why he's a young but it's hard to tell because his hair is all covered in goopy purple peanut butter Because he's inside of a sandwich. Because he's inside of a sandwich. And he's like, his legs are sticking out the back end and his arms are reaching out the front. And he's just like, he's covered with this peanut butter. And his face is like, oh no, I'm covered in peanut butter. And he's surrounded, he's got these two big slices of bread and he's covered in peanut butter. And there appears to be like a jar or maybe a glass full of more purple peanut butter off to the right of him there. Yeah, I also am worried that this peanut butter appears to be behaving more like some sort of jelly. It looks more jelly-ish. 
Okay, let's and dive I'm in. Curi- I'm curious to see if the book makes that makes the distinction clear. Sure. So uh, normally, here's the ground rules. When we do a choose your own adventure book, we normally give ourselves like three lives. Yeah, ish. Which normally works out to about an hour of audio, which works out well. But um, I don't know if this book's 20 different scary endings will... Uh, will treat us any differently so we'll just have to we'll have to see if our give yourself goosebumps rules need to be different from our choose your own adventure rules and we might like bookmark a page to come back to if we feel like it's a pivotal fork in the road Um, we try to read these books just like you would have read them back in the day yeah so here's the here are the instructions for how to read beware do not read this book from beginning to end don't go in the basement, your aunt warns, as you start a game of hide-and-seek with your two horrible cousins. <laughs> Do you listen? No way. But while you're hiding in the basement, your stomach grumbles and growls. You open an old refrigerator and find a jar of purple peanut butter and a stale chocolate cake. Which should you eat? Watch out. A small taste of one of these foods could cause big trouble. You may never be the same again. You're in control of this scary adventure. You decide what will happen and how terrifying the scares will be. Start on page one, then follow the instructions at the bottom of each page. You make the choices. So take a long, deep breath, cross your fingers, and turn to page one to give yourself goosebumps. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's very aggressive. I I do want to point out on the back of the book where it says talk about snack attack uh it does kind of lay out what might actually happen to you so it does basically the same arc but then in the third paragraph it goes if you eat the purple goop you start shrinking pretty soon you're battling it out with a gigantic monster a mouse if you choose the cake you grow into a tall giant now you're trying to escape from the police who are convinced you're a mutant alien <laughs> Wow, so spoiler alert on the back, I guess. On the back of the book. Well, I I feel like it's going to be weirder than that. So let's dive in, Andrew. All right. Do you want to kick us off with page one since I read the, uh, the rules? Yes, I think I do. You can't believe your parents did this to you. Your mom and dad are off to Europe on a business trip. So you have to spend the summer in Fiskville with Aunt Fiona and Uncle Harvey. Fiskville just sounds gross. Which means spending the summer with your cousins Barney and Dora. That's an odd resonance. Which means a summer of torture. Barney is a year older than you and a bully. Dora is a year younger and a whiny pest. Not what you had in mind for your summer vacation. You stare glumly out the car window as your aunt and uncle drive home from the airport. Aunt Fiona turns around in the car in the front seat and beams at you. Barney and Dora can't wait till we bring you home, she squeals. <laughs> I'll bet you think Oh wait. I'll bet you think Bad News Barney can't wait to pound me into the ground. Dora the drag can't wait to rope me into playing with her dolls. Bad news Barney. <laughs> Uncle Harvey <laughs> pulls the car into a driveway. You stare at the house. It's two stories high and run down. The lawn is choked with weeds. The front steps are cracked and crumbling. Not very promising. At least the creepy cousins aren't around, you think. Maybe you can sneak off before they know you're here. Then a loud bang makes you nearly jump out of your skin. Turn to page two, Andrew. Here we go. 
Barney runs out the front door, letting it slam behind him. You slowly step out of the car. Barney's pudgy face breaks into a mean grin under his thick blonde hair. Even though he's only a year older than you, he's twice your size. While your aunt and uncle unload the car, he punches you on the arm. Hard. Hi, wimp, he snarls. Dora skips around the edge of the house. Wait, hold on. Dora skips around the side of the house, holding her obnoxious orange cat, Puff. (laughs) Dora's dark hair hangs in two long braids over her shoulders. She eyes you with a smirk, then giggles. Puff hisses at you. What a summer, you think. (laughs) Maybe you can spend your entire vacation upstairs in your room. But no. We've been waiting for you, Barney says. Let's play hide and seek. Oh no, you think. It's starting. Oh. Wait, what was your Aunt Fiona voice? It's nice to see you. You time Aunt Fiona. It's nice to see you're already having fun. Aunt Fiona gushes. <laughs> your uncle and I have to go back to work at the university. I'll take your suitcase upstairs for you. No, really, you protest. I don't mind. Nonsense, Uncle Harvey responds. You kids go on and play. There's just one thing. It's very important. You can play anywhere y'all want, but don't go in the basement. What a wonderful marriage this is. Turn to page 23. Yeah, they met in college, I think. <laughs> She's from Minnesota. He's from Texas. And so what? one of the things here is that they have not really specified who this kid is at all. And I think that's like a hallmark of these books. Well, it's like the, it's to let us insert ourselves. And that's like I just read the kid in my normal voice. I like think, normally yeah. we pick some kind of weird thing. But I really think like our maiden voyage into give yourself goosebumps territory. We just need to we need to be prepared to be ourselves. We need to be prepared to be the boy in the sandwich is what we you're saying. We are a blank slate. OK. Yeah. Why can't we go in the basement, you ask? We haven't cleaned it out since we moved in, Aunt Fiona tells you. The people who owned the house before us were very strange. We don't know what's down there. It could be dangerous. Let's get started, Barney commands when his parents have gone inside. (laughs) You remember the hide-and-seek rules? I remember, you sigh. Who could forget? Whoever is it gets to pound anyone he catches, Barney reminds you. Yikes. (laughs) Fine, you say. I'll go first. Sorry, Barney replies. It's my house. I'll be it to start. Now go hide while I count to a hundred. He laughs as he waves his fist in your face. Then he shuts his eyes. Gulp. (laughs) Go on to page 108. I kind of like that. Like the the vanilla choose your own adventure books just are they're very straightforward in the directions, but this seems to have a little bit of editorializing. A little bit going of that a little bit of that jovial Bob Stein in the yeah. in the directions. Uh, good there. old good old Bob, jovial Bob. All right, hit us with page one oh eight, Andrew. One <laughs> Barney counts. Two, three, four, twenty seven, twenty eight, <laughs> fifty. As usual, your cousin is cheating. Or maybe he doesn't know how to count. I don't know. You'll have to find a place to hide fast. But where? Dora drops Puff and runs around to the back of the house. You want to stay as far away from her as possible. You glance around, then tiptoe into the house. You find yourself in a small living room crowded with furniture. You don't have much time. Where can you hide? 
You dodge around a couple of chairs, then you head for a hallway that leads to the kitchen. 70, Barney shouts from outside. 81, 86. <laughs> you spot a doorway to the right of the refrigerator. You, pour, you pull the door open. Steep, splintery steps lead down into a dark, musty-smelling room. It must be the way to the basement. But your aunt and uncle warned you to stay out of it. 93, Barney shouts. Quick, make a decision. Should you forget about your aunt and uncle's warning and hide in the basement or find somewhere else to hide? To creep down to the basement, turn to page 71 or find another hiding place on page 47. I think we got to go to this basement. See, I, yeah, that's where like the editorializing on the back of the book has me really intrigued. Yeah. I, like, think. I don't know that we're going to find Alice in Wonderland snacks in another <laughs> hiding place. I'm also fascinated that Barney appears to be a WWE superstar. I'm not. He definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're going in a Hulk Hogan direction with him. Also, when someone comes to your house, do you just grab them and start playing hide and seek right away? Yeah. When you're a bully like Bad News Barney. Bad of course News you do. Barney. All right. Let's turn to page 71. This, the hide and seek game is obviously just a flimsy pretext to beat the bejesus <laughs> out of our poor peanut butter boy pound whoever you want <laughs> you glance around quickly to make sure no one is watching then you push open the basement door and start down the stairs are old they creak with every step you take Cob cobwebs brush your face what could be down here that's so dangerous you wonder you reach the bottom of the stairs the floor is so dusty it looks as if it hasn't been cleaned in a hundred years Feeble daylight filters through a big, filthy window at the back of the room. You start to explore. But there's nothing much to see. Mostly old, dusty, worn furniture. Old couches, old chairs, an old mattress, an old refrigerator and stove, both covered with rust, sit in one corner. So as old. Nothing dangerous. Nothing even interesting. But being down here is better than getting pounded by Barney. You sit in one of the old armchairs and wait. Sooner or later, Barney and Dora will get tired of their game. Soon it will be safe to go back upstairs. There's only one problem. A big problem. Uh-oh, big problem. Turn to page 14, Andrew. Your problem is that you're hungry. <laughs> and let me just let me just hit the pause button here. That's a classic Goosebumps misdirect. Because when you read the regular Goosebumps books, like every story ended with that kind of cliffhanger. Oh, really? And then the next, like you turn the page and then the next chapter was like, oh, something totally normal happened. <laughs> but you're like primed for scares. You're like, like the, I mean, the back of the book said, reader, beware, you're in for a scare. Okay. And they really try to, to make good on those promises. Your problem is that you're hungry. The plane ride to Fiskville was a long one. All you had to eat was an airline snack of peanuts and a soda. And now you realize that you're starving. Your stomach is growling so loudly you're almost afraid Barney and Dora will hear it. You glance around the basement again. Maybe there are some cans of food. But no. The only shelves contain old carpenter's tools. The only cabinets are full of torn and dirty sheets and towels. You really don't want to go back upstairs. Not yet. Not with Barney the Bully and Drippy Dora waiting for you. <laughs> You're so good at nicknames. What about the old refrigerator? You see that it's plugged in. Maybe there's something to eat inside. Trying not to get your hopes up too high, you approach the refrigerator. The door seems stuck, but you pull hard and it pops open. You spot two containers way in the back. You bend down to inspect them and gasp. Turn to page <gasps> 29. All right, here we go. 
Now I will say I've already I've already forgotten everything that we learned about this book. So something in the refrigerator smells great. It smells so good your mouth starts watering. You were hungry before, but now you're ravenous. Whatever is giving off the smell must be the best tasting food in the world. You pull out the two containers and examine them. One is a small jar. At the bottom of the jar is a glop of disgusting look disgusting looking purple goop. The other container is a white bakery box with a label that says Effie's Bakery Midvale in fancy writing. Inside the box is a thick slab of chocolate cake. You lean down and sniff. To your surprise, the delicious aroma is coming from the purple goop. It smells like a combination of the best peanut butter and jelly in the world with chocolate on top. The cake doesn't have any smell at all. Your stomach growls again. Which will you eat? The wonderful smelling purple goop or the chocolate cake, Andrew? If you taste the purple goop, turn to page 17. If you try the cake, go to page 111. Okay, so thing one, I think this is where we put a bookmark in. Yep. So trying to forget everything that we know about this scenario from the back of the book. Yes, trying to live truthfully in imagined circumstances. What the, what we've got here is something that looks gross but smells good and something that looks good but doesn't smell like anything. Yeah. And personally, I'm having trouble wanting to put good smelling gross goop into my mouth i'm also not someone who just opens a jar sticks my fingers in and just eats it yeah right like i need like it needs to have clear branding on the front it needs to have nutrition facts i need to have looked around on the jar until i found the expiration date like it's i don't even I I don't say I'm I'm not I won't say I don't care about that but I will like I need something to spread it on like there's no like that's also true like I guess and uh, okay so bringing in the stuff we know from the back of the book into this if you spread the goop on the chocolate cake it seems like Whoa. maybe they cancel each other out I that don't know why sounds, that's not a choice oh that sounds good remix <laughs> <laughs> but Andrew this is a book called Beware the Purple Peanut Butter. It so is. so I'm going to be aware of it and I'm going to eat the cake. Oh snap. All right. <laughs> Turn to page 111. Is this me? Uh I think it's you. Yes. Okay. You decide to say it's the cake. That purple peanut butter looks too weird. Okay, when did we Wait. find out it was peanut butter? <laughs> we didn't know. All right. We didn't know. All right. That purple peanut butter looks too weird. You're so hungry. Your mouth waters when you take a big bite of the cake. The frosting is hard. The cake is crumbly. And there's a funny aftertaste. You've definitely had better. But chocolate is chocolate. Besides, you're starving. Your mouth is open for another bite when you hear your aunt calling your name. Uh-oh, your aunt's still home. <laughs> you don't want to get caught in the basement. What can you do? Your eyes dart around the basement searching for a way out. The basement window. You hurry across the room and scramble onto the back of the sofa. By staying on your tiptoes, you can just reach the grimy windowsill. You hoist yourself up. Luckily, the window is open. You slither through, flopping onto the grass. Great. No one will ever know you're in the basement. Problem solved. But then you roll over onto your back and face a new problem. What is it? Turn to page 27. I will I will say, Andrew, On the, I double-checked on the previous choice page... It says that it smells like peanut butter and jelly. Oh, okay. All right. But still, like... To jump right to purple peanut butter is a little presumptive. If I were yeah. a kid 
in this situation, I'd probably still be calling it goop. So well, and then and then it's the '90s. There is a name for this already, and it's like, isn't it called goober? Like those. Did you ever get those jars that had like the strips of peanut butter and jelly all together in one jar? No, that sounds awful. I think they were called goobers. Let me look. While you read this, I'm going to make sure it was called goobers. All right, I'm on page 27. Your big, mean, obnoxious cousin is looming over you. Found you, Barney exclaims. Now I get to pound you. You leap to your feet, but it's too late. Barney grabs you by your t-shirt. Let me go, you shout but it's no use. Barney has always been the meanest bully you've ever known. For years, you've dreamed of being able to beat him up. What's the matter, wimp? Barney taunts. Afraid of me? No, you explain. You wish you meant it. Barney punches you in the shoulder. You know it'll make things worse, but you punch back. To your surprise, Barney lets go of your t-shirt. He stumbles backwards a few steps. Ow! He cries. I didn't know you could hit that hard. Neither did you. This should come in. This could come in handy. You give Barney a karate chop in the arm. <laughs> Stop it! He cries. He starts to run. You can't believe it. Barney's running away from you. Maybe this visit will be different. You think. You figure it's safe to go back to the house. Barney probably won't bug you anymore. You take two steps and you hear a weird ripping sound. Then you trip and fall over. What happened? Turn to page eighty. All right, so I just posted an image into our Skype chat, and it's it's called a Smucker's Goober. Okay. And it adds strawberry and grape flavors. Oh, no. And it's these, these like, pinstripes of PB and J together in the same jar. That's uh, fine, I guess. I'm a little it's, weirded out by the cartoon legume and berries, fruit. like, yeah. getting it on on the front of the jar. It's And I don't... I mean, like only in America would people like I like to combine peanut butter and jelly, but I'm in such a hurry that I can't <laughs> scoop it out of two separate jars. Well, and Smucker's is not a peanut butter company. Like clearly they had no, they had to yeah, buy man, a like bunch s- of peanut butter. Stick to your core competencies oh, for real. My God. All right. So Andrew, right, turn page to page 80. eighty. Your clothes or something's going on. I don't know. My clothes are ripping. Probably. Uh, you sit up and glance down at your feet. No wonder you've tripped. Your toes have burst through the front of your sneakers. <laughs> you yank off what's left of the sneakers. You wiggle your squished toes. You've heard of outgrowing shoes, but you never knew it could happen so fast. You hurry into the house to find new shoes. You pat. Why would there be new? Okay. <laughs> you pass through the kitchen where your aunt is packing her briefcase for work. Why are you barefoot? She asks. I think my shoes shrank, you answer. You show her the ripped sneakers. Wait, remind me of my aunt. My aunt. What's I, her name? I'm I'm Aunt Fiona. All right, there I you go. Perhaps you're just having a growth spurt, she offers. You look a little taller. Up in your room, you study yourself in the mirror. You do look bigger, maybe even a couple of inches taller than you were yesterday. Your shoes are all too short. You have to borrow an old stinky pair of Uncle Harvey's sneakers. They're a little too big for you, but they're comfortable. You're just trying the shoelaces. You're just tying the shoelaces when Dora sticks her head inside the room. Do we have a Dora voice? We do not. Uh-oh. 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 She has been referred to as Drippy Dora most recently. She is Drippy. I saw you in the basement, she announces, and I'm telling. 
Turn page one twenty nine. She's speaking bad country song. Like she talks like her dad a little bit. Is it like Lady and the Tramp, where half of the kids are ladies and half of the kids are tramps? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh man. <clears throat> I knew you were down there. Dora continues in her whiny voice. Oh, should we ad- should we adapt to? And if you won't play tea party with me, I'll tell. All right, cool. You're actually holding your nose right Great, now just you... for the for the listeners at home. Great, you think. I've been here less than a day and I'm going to get into trouble already. Dora is such a pain. I don't want to play tea party, you shout. Wow, you think? Was that me? You can't believe how loud your voice has become. Dora's eyes grow big. She actually looks afraid. You better not squeal on me, you command. Okay, Dora says. I won't tell anybody you were in the basement. She hurries down the hall. Getting bigger is great, you decide. (laughs) Anything that makes Barney and Dora stop bothering you is fantastic. This growth spurt happened at just the right time. Now that you've got your cousins off your back, you decide to explore the neighborhood. As you leave the house, you realize that Uncle Harvey's shoes fit really well. Too well. They aren't big anymore. Weird, you think. You must still be growing. You push the thought out of your mind. You notice some kids playing baseball in an empty field across the street. You jog over to them. Then you hear, Get out of here, shrimp! Barney is glaring at you from center field. If you stand up to Barney and join the game, turn to page 26. If you try to avoid him, turn to page 89. Let's be clear, you punched Barney and he ran away to play baseball. (laughs) To play baseball somewhere else. Yeah, we already punched punched this fool. Like We can take him. We turn to page 26. You glare across the ball field at Barney. You aren't going to let him keep you from joining the game. You're in luck. You won't have to fight him. Wait a minute, Barney, says a chubby kid with blonde hair. This new kid isn't a shrimp. Come on, he tells you. You can be on our team. You stick your tongue out at Barney and join the other team. You just hope they don't hate you when they discover the terrible truth. What? What? You're the strikeout champ. (laughs) Not you're slowly growing into a monster. No, you're the strikeout champ. Come on, kid, the chubby boy says. You're up. You'll give it your best shot. You take the bat and step up to the plate. You gaze at the pitcher, a mean-looking red-haired girl. You grip the bat tightly and wait for the pitch. Strike one, cries the umpire. You can't strike out, you think. Not with Barney's beady eyes trained on you. You concentrate on your next swing. The pitcher zooms a fastball at you. Swing the bat on page 135. Can't tell if this is like pickup baseball. There's like a real umpire there. This is a weird game. You are overthinking it. I am 100% sure. You hear the sharp crack as the bat connects with the ball. Then you watch amazed as the ball takes off high in the air, clear across the field. Home run, home run, home run, home run. Some of the kids shout. You notice Barney's mouth drop open. You don't move from the plate. You stare as the ball continues straight toward a house on the next block. You watch in disbelief as the ball smashes right through the enormous front window. You don't even care that you broke the window. This was your first home run ever. Property damage is cool. As you round the bases, your teammates cheer. Even Barney looks impressed. You feel great until you hear the unmistakable sound of police sirens. Headed your way. (laughs) Line break. Turn, uh, go to page 112, Andrew. Hoping we hit an ending soon. I'm hoping so. Ooh. All right. You glance down the street. A police car is speeding towards the ball field. Its red lights blink and it, its red lights blink and its siren wails. You're in big trouble now, Barney calls. 
Without looking back, he dashes away. Thanks a lot, cousin, you think. He disappears <laughs> in the distance. It wasn't your fault, the red-haired pitcher says. It was just a great hit. You better get out of here fast, another player suggests. <laughs> I'm out of voices. Uh, you don't know what to do. You didn't mean to break the window, but will the police believe you? What will they do? Maybe you'd better hide until they go away. If you wait for the police and confess, turn to page 73. If you run and hide, race to page four. I, I'm worried about explaining my newfound giant strength. I don't know that that's going to go well. Okay. So are you thinking you hide? I or? think I want to hide. I think I want to run and hide. All right. Do you want to put a bookmark in this page? No, I'm more interested in in the alternate universe where we eat where we ate goop. So, okay, I'll put a bookmark in this page just in case. But okay. it doesn't have to be a canonical bookmark. Sure. If you really don't want it to be there. <laughs> page four. You don't want to get in trouble on your very first day here. You take off running. You notice the other kids scattering in all directions. After you've put some distance between you and the field, you glance back. By the time the police car arrives at the baseball field, it is completely deserted. Phew, you think. That was close. Your rumbling stomach reminds you that you are still hungry. That chocolate cake wasn't enough. As you head for home, you realize that now even Uncle Harvey's shoes are too tight. Your toes are scrunched up inside the sneakers. You walk by a neighbor's window and catch a glimpse of your reflection in the glass. You can't believe your eyes. You are at least a foot taller than you were this morning. Turn to page 134, Andrew. I'm going to say, and maybe this is from like his the, the pacing that he would use for a regular Goosebumps book, but this is taking too long. Okay, sure. Okay. It's taking too long for me to grow into a mutant, like I said, on the back of the book. <laughs> What's happening to me, you wonder? Am I sick? Do I have a weird disease? <laughs> if I keep getting bigger, I'm not going to fit into any of my clothes. You stop in the middle of the street. A terrible thought has just occurred to you. What if you never stop growing? You stand there worrying and a bus pulls up to the curb and stops. You notice a huge advertisement plastered to the side. Getting too big? (laughs) Clothes seem to be shrinking? The solution is at Arnold's. Who is Arnold, you wonder? And could Arnold's be the answer to your problem? If you go to Arnold's, turn to page 61. If you think you should continue home, go to page 95. I am in love with bus ex machina. I am. You need to go to Arnold's. I need to go to Arnold's. All right, turn to page sixty-one to go to Arnold's. Arnold's. What kind of advertisement is this? Like, best case, it's like, hey, are you a fatty fat, fat fat? Come to Arnold's. Or it's a magic bus that knows that you're infected with mutant cake. Like, or that. Come on, one one of the two. Andrew Arnold's. Could be just what you need. You are getting too big. Your clothes do (laughs) seem to be shrinking. You ask the bus driver for directions. A few minutes later, you find yourself in front of a sleek, low building. Arnold's Reducing Spa is spelled out in neon. Hmm, you think. Not exactly what you had in mind, but you might as well give it a shot. It's a lot of M's. Especially since you realize... That you've grown another six inches on the way over. You wonder why you don't feel anything. No tingling, no aching, no dizziness when you grow. You have no way of knowing when it's happening. You hurry through the glass doors. A muscular blonde man approaches you. Hello, he greets you. I'm Arnold. What can we do for you? (laughs) I'm getting too big, you explain. (laughs) Can you help? 
Arnold flexes a muscle and then beams. Of course we can help, he tells you. At Arnold's, we provide... We pride ourselves on returning our customers to their original sizes, and we are offering a free one-day trial membership. This sounds promising. You might try the steam room. Many members have found it helped them lose weight, Arnold suggests, or our new reducing machine. We haven't tried it yet. You could be the first. Try the new reducing machine on page 33, Andrew, or go to the steam room on page 105. I do love the idea of, like, we're a, a reducing spa. We have this thing. We don't know what it does, but you could try it. <laughs> I feel like I need to try the new reducing machine. Go. Let's do it. On page 33. Uh-huh. Um, you've decided to try the new reducing machine. Arnold leads you to a room full of equipment. He takes you to the largest machine. This is the super duper reducer, he says. The machine is so big it nearly touches the ceiling. It has levers and straps and weights. There is a bench with padding and a seatbelt. It looks like some kind of torture device from an old horror movie. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. But before you can change your mind, Arnold pushes you onto the bench. You lie on your back looking up into the twisted metal of the device. Arnold places your head in a big steel helmet. Whoa. You can't see anything. Only your mouth is exposed so you can breathe. No. He puts straps around your head, your wrists, and your ankles. Then he turns the machine oh. on. With a loud whirring sound, the machine begins to shake. The straps pull your arms back and forth, making them flap like wings. Some kind of pulley system yanks your legs up and down, making you kick like you would if you were swimming. At the same time, the helmet makes your head vibrate. After several minutes, the whirring stops. Your legs and arms stop moving. Arnold removes the helmet and unstraps you. Did it work? Are you smaller? Flip to page 96. You don't stand up right away. You feel a little woozy from the effects of the machine. You lie on the bench and gaze up at Arnold. He is staring at you. His eyes grow wider and wider. Not a good sign. Uh, Arnold, you begin? Did it work? His mouth opens and closes, but he doesn't answer you. Definitely not a good sign. You leap off the bench. You run to a mirror and your heart nearly stops. You're back to your normal height, but your body is totally changed. The flapping motion made your arms stretch. Your hands dangle below your knees. <laughs> the swimming movement made your legs as thick as tree trunks. The helmet shrank your head to half its normal size. I'm afraid I got the setting wrong, Arnold says. I should have read the instructions first. <laughs> now he tells you. The end. Oh, welcome to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Body Horror Spa. Hello. I am Arnold, and I will make you an eldritch horror, the likes of which the world has never seen. Now it is time to pump you in every direction. <laughs> Listen, I know we're going to go back to the peanut butter. Okay. Because that's what you want to do, and uh -huh. that's what the book is called, and it's fine. Okay. I am going to miss Arnold. I don't think we got enough time with I him. I don't think we're going to find... Do you want to find out what else is at that spa? What else was... What, what was it? Like the the steam machine or whatever it was? I got to find it the again. The steam room? Yeah. I don't remember what page that was on. I think it's a 26 to go to Arnold's in the first place. Not spring the bat on 135... 
Go to Arnold's on 61. All right, I'm on the on the case. Okay. Uh, all right, to go to the steam room, you go to page 105. So we'll do this, and then we'll go back to the peanut butter. Okay. So I just read the last one, so you read 105. All right. Oh, man, this is another ending. So good. You'll try the steam room. You don't want to test out some new contraption, which is, I mean, it's a good thought. Like, knowing what we know now, it's a good, it's a good impulse. Arnold gives you a large bathing suit to change into. Then you step through a door into a room that's filled with billowing clouds of steam. It's hot in here. All caps. Okay. It's hot in here. The steam fills your eyes, your mouth, your nose. You begin to sweat. You sit on a wooden bench. The steam grows hotter. You sweat even more. You feel the bathing suit growing loose on your body. It's working. You're shrinking. The warm steam makes all your muscles relax. You feel as if you don't have a care in the world. You get sleepy. Sleepy. You wake up incredibly thirsty. Water, you think. You have to get some water. Your legs feel rubbery when you slide off the bench. You stumble to the door and try to open it. You can't reach the handle. The steam worked too well. You shrunk. Just like your sweater when you accidentally put it in the hot water wash. Let me out, you cry, pounding on the door. You realize that Arnold has forgotten all about you. The steam continues to pour in. You continue to shrink. When you've shrunk down to the size of a raisin, you give up hope. This steamy adventure has come to a sweltering end. Whoa. News at 11. Local spa makes people disappear. <laughs> local spa closes after killing all its customers. Hello, I am Arnold. And I do, I do not know why no one has come back to my spa again. <laughs> sound like Mr. T inside of Arnold's <laughs> I, I pity the fool who does not go to my steam room. Okay, let's eat some peanut butter, I guess. Let's eat some peanut butter. Back on page 29. 29, throwing out this old bookmark. Bye. So you, Bye, bookmark. you ate the chocolate cake. I did, I ate it. I'm going to taste the purple goop. You go to page 17. I'm going to turn to page 17. It's time you read this one. Okay. Cautiously, you stick a fingertip into the purple goop. Gotta be careful. It feels soft and gooey like peanut butter. You stick out your tongue and take a teeny tiny taste. Awesome flavor! It's, <laughs> it's purple and it's slimy, but that this weird peanut buttery goo tastes like a combination of every delicious dessert you've ever had in your life. You lick the rest of the purple goop off your finger. Then you stick your finger back in the jar. You can't believe how yummy it tastes. You wish the whole jar were full of the purple paste. Unfortunately, there wasn't very much, and soon the jar is empty. But you're not hungry anymore. In fact, you feel great. You shut the refrigerator door and flop back down on the armchair. A moment later, you hear a loud thump at the top of the stairs. You glance up. Your heart sinks when you see what's there. Hurry to page 94. I'm hurrying. I forgot that we were in the basement. All right. We are in the basement. It's your cousin Dora smirking at you from the top of the stairs. What do we do for... She's whiny whiny Southern or something. You're not supposed to be down here, she whines. I'm going to tell. Wait, you cry. It was an accident. I came in here by mistake. Yeah, sure, she, she taunts. But maybe I won't tell if you play with me. Maybe, you say cautiously. Let's play dolls, she urges. 
I have a new dollhouse. You hate playing with Dora. She's really spoiled and has a tantrum if she doesn't get her way. I'll tell if you don't. Dora persists. What are you going to do if you refuse to budge? Turn to page 22. If you give in and play with Dora, turn to page 35. I, I'm going to put a bookmark here, but it's like our last bookmark. Yeah, I think we're going to play with Dora. I I want to see where this goes. Curiosity. It's going to kill this cat. Okay. <laughs> 35. You figure it's too early in your visit to get into trouble. All right, all right, where's the dollhouse, you ask Dora. Out on the porch, your cousin answers. Follow me. You start to follow Dora up the stairs when suddenly you have to stop. The strangest sensation comes over you. Your toes and fingers tingle and little pink dots swim before your eyes. Come on, Dora whines from the top of the stairs. You said you'd play. You shake your head and everything is back to normal again. That was weird, you think. Maybe you just (laughs) stood up too fast. Dora stamps her foot impatiently. Do I have to sick Barney on you? She warns. I'm coming, I'm coming. You bound up the stairs. You feel a little tired. Those stairs must be steeper than they look. You follow Dora out to the porch and sit beside her in front of the dollhouse. You have to admit, the dollhouse is pretty cool. It's three stories high and filled with miniature furniture. There's even a tiny piano and a little guitar. You reach into the dollhouse to move I see, a chair. I see where this is going. As, dubs. as you do, you notice Dora's eyes open wide in surprise. Turn to page 102. Yeah, I can't imagine what's going to happen here. Like, I, I literally have no idea. <laughs> what's wrong, you ask Dora. Why is your watch like that? She asks, pointing to your wrist. You glance where Dora is pointing and notice that your wristwatch is hanging loose from your wrist. That's strange, you murmur. The watch band must have stretched. It's metal, Dora points out. How could it stretch? Did it fit when you got here? I guess so, you mumble. That's a good question, you realize, but one you don't have an answer for. Now you notice something else. When you first came here, you were three inches taller than Dora. Sitting beside her now, you seem to be the same height. How could that be possible? Okay, little drippy Sherlock Holmes. What is going on? Rush to page 78. On it, on and on it. There's got to be a logical explanation. Maybe you didn't notice how much Dora has grown. Maybe you're losing weight. Maybe you're just imagining things. You're looking awfully thin, dear. Aunt Fiona tells you at supper that night, Have some more mashed potatoes. Yeah, wimp, Barney grins. Eat some of my food while you're at it. When his mother isn't looking, he dumps his broccoli on your plate. Gross. You you ignore Barney, because you've just noticed something disturbing. The table seems a lot higher than it used to be. Something really bizarre is happening to you. I'll feel better after a good night's sleep, you think. That night, you have weird dreams about pink dots and tingling toes. And the next morning, (laughs) when you climb out of bed, your pajama bottoms fall off your body onto the floor. What is happening, you wonder in a panic. You pick up your pajama bottoms and examine them. They are exactly the same as they were last night. Well, of course they are, because you now know what the problem is. Your pajamas haven't gotten bigger, Dora hasn't grown, and your watch band hasn't stretched. You have shrunk. Uh Uh-oh. Turn to page 50. You run to the bathroom. The mirror is even higher than it was last night. You have to stand on a stool to peer into it. 
It's true, you look the same, but you're definitely smaller. Getting dressed, you notice that none of your clean clothes fit. They're all much too big, except the jeans and t-shirt you wore yesterday. Hmm. They're smaller too. Whatever made you shrink also made them shrink. But what was it? Yesterday, yesterday, you mutter. You pace around the room trying to remember everything you did in the last 24 hours. You're so freaked out, it's hard to concentrate. Okay, you say to yourself, trying to calm down. I've been on airplanes before, and I've never shrunk. I've had my aunt's cooking before, so it's not what I ate for dinner. Suddenly, you snap your fingers. You figured it out. The purple peanut butter. You've never had anything like that before. In fact, you're not even sure what that purple goop was. You better find out, and fast. You race downstairs and straight to the basement, but when you yank open the basement door, your heart stops. Go to page 100. That seems problematic. Cardiac arrest is a serious issue. Page 100. It's gone! The refrigerator has disappeared! In fact, all the furniture in the basement is gone. Everything! The basement's completely empty! You rush to the kitchen. Your aunt is just leaving the house to go to work at the university. Aunt Fiona, you cry. Where's the refrigerator that was in the basement? She frowns. Dora told me you were playing down there yesterday, she replies. That rat. You play with her stupid dollhouse and she still told on you. (laughs) Don't worry, Aunt Fiona goes on. I had all the furniture hailed to the dump early this morning. But you start to protest. Those old things were dirty and dangerous, she continues. Now it's safe for you kids to play down there whenever you want. She gives you a quick kiss and leaves before you can ask any more questions. You stare after her in shock. You're in big trouble, or rather, in small trouble. (laughs) You're still shrinking. What if you grow so small you disappear? Andrew, if you think you can find the refrigerator at the dump, hurry to page 24. If you think you should see a doctor... Turn to page 120. Got like a Zoltar machine thing going on. Yeah, like I guess I'm not sure what I think I'll find in the refrigerator. Yeah. So I think I would go to see a doctor. Let's go see a doctor. A doctor of shrinking. Get it? A shrink. Just like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, Arnold (laughs) Arnold was a doctor of growing. Hmm. I love, I miss Arnold. I love you, okay. Arnold. Come back. Come back, Arnold. Come back, Arnold. You figure the best thing to do is see a doctor, but how will you find one? You check by the phone. That's where parents usually keep emergency phone numbers, and this is definitely an emergency. You're in luck. There's a list posted on the wall, and right between the phone number for the police and the phone number for pizza delivery, there's a number for a Dr. Jenner. You dial quickly. You try not to notice how far you have to stretch to reach the phone. A woman's voice comes on the line. Dr. Jenner's office. I have to see the doctor right away, you say. What's the problem? The woman asks. I'm shrinking. You look out. There's a dead silence on the other end of the line. Please, you have to help me, you beg. My clothes are too big. I can't reach the phone and my watch. May I speak to an adult? The woman breaks in. You can tell she doesn't believe you. No one is home, you explain, and this is an emergency. The doctor is very busy, the woman says coldly, and I don't have time for prank phone calls. You slam down the phone in frustration. Now what? Turn to page 12. Turning, turning, turning. You've got it. You'll find your aunt at the university. She can get you a doctor's appointment or maybe someone at the college will be able to help you. You race into the den. You search in your aunt's desk drawer for directions to the university. 
Finally, you find a bus map. There are two buses that seem to go to the university, the number 103 and the number 5. They leave from opposite ends of your block. You don't know which bus is best. You don't want to wake up Barney and Dora to ask them. They've caused you enough trouble already. You'll just have to guess. Andrew, which bus will you take? For the number 103 bus, race to page 103, or take the number 5 bus on page 5. R.L. Stein, you're a genius. I love the page number bus thing. Whoa. All right. I'm going to take the number 103 bus. Okay. I just like the cut of that number's jib. You rush out of the house and make a right, but you have to stop for a minute. Pink spots appear before your eyes and your toes tingle. Once the weird feeling passes, you run down the street toward the number 103 bus stop. When you hurry by your uncle's mailbox, you see it's now higher than your head. You shrunk even more. Just as you arrive at the bus stop, the 103 bus pulls up. You start to hop on board. Just a minute, says the bus. Wait, I need a good voice for this bus driver. Please hit me, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just a minute, says the bus driver. How old are you? It's Arnold. I've noticed. I decided. (laughs) I'm 12, you reply. The driver laughs. Nice try, but no 12-year-old could be so small. I'm afraid you're too young to ride the bus by yourself. Come back with one of your parents. But I have to go to the university, you protest. Sorry, the bus driver says. Rules are rules. He shuts the door in your face. Too bad. It looks as if you made the wrong choice and this adventure is over. But wait, you have one more chance. You can still try to track down the refrigerator and see if the jar of purple peanut butter is inside. Hurry back to your uncle's house. That will be a safe place to come up with a plan. Turn to page 58. I like that you decide to go back to the fridge idea instead of going to the other block and trying the other bus. God, just like can't wait for a bus while you sit there shrinking, I guess. <laughs> Somehow, you have to get to the dump and find the refrigerator. It's your only hope. But how will you do it? It would take you weeks to walk, and you can't call a taxi. Even if you could reach the phone, you're too small to dial. There's only... Wait, what? <laughs> okay. There's only smaller, I guess. There's only one answer. Somehow, you must get help from your dear, disgusting cousins. You head for the living room. Dora and Barney are sprawled on the floor, watching television. Dora! Barney, you yell as loud as you can, but it's no use. Your voice is too feeble to be heard. Wait, when did we get so small? I don't know. You approach Dora and tug on her shoe. She doesn't even notice. She yawns and gets up. This is boring, she announces. You're still holding onto her shoelace when she begins walking. You grab on tighter to keep from getting squashed. She stops in the bathroom and stands in front of the mirror. You glance up to see her reach into the medicine cabinet. She pulls out a small box. You get an idea. Turn to page 122. Dora reaches into the box and pulls out Aunt Fiona's eye makeup. Then she leans closer to the mirror. You jump up and grab a large bat towel that's dangling from the towel rack next to the sink. You begin to climb it, using the rough threads for handholds. You've nearly reached the sink when the towel starts to slip. Your weight is pulling it down. Your only choice is to leap onto the sink. You barely make it. You hang onto the slippery porcelain by your fingertips. Then you pull yourself all the way onto the sink. All this time, Dora continues to put on makeup. Badly. (laughs) She's now applying mascara. Dora, you yell. She picks up a tube and pulls off the top. Then she starts to put on lipstick. She's smearing it all over her face. (laughs) Dora! You repeat. You try to get right under her and nearly tip over a toothbrush. As you regain your balance, one of your feet slides out from under you. 
You're skidding on a smear of toothpaste on the porcelain. Somehow you keep from sliding off the edge of the sink. Dora is still gazing at herself in the mirror. This isn't working. You've got to do something more obvious. Get noticed on page 70. Man, how small are we? Yeah, I think we got way smaller really fast. And I also feel like we're about to get squished. Oh, man. Dora turns her head back and forth, admiring her reflection. You'd hate to be the one to tell her that she looks like a clown. (laughs) You climb into the makeup box and wait. After a moment, she reaches for an eye pencil. You grab on to the pencil. She'll have to pay attention to you now. She picks up the pencil and stops. Ack! She screams. A gigantic ugly bug! Before you can protest that you're not a bug, she shakes you off the pencil. You drop into the sink. Dora! You cry, but it's too late. She's turned on the water. The ice-cold water hits you, like a waterfall that pushes you down. You struggle against it, trying to breathe. You try to swim, but the current's too strong. And then you begin to spin, faster and faster. You feel yourself being pulled down, down. You open your eyes and see a huge silver circle approaching. It's the drain. You're about to be swept down the drain. Go to page 85. Jeez. The water forces you down the drain pipe. You try to swim, but the current is too strong. You hold your breath as you swirl underwater. Just when you think your lungs are going to burst, you splash into a deep, dark pool. You push your head above water. You suck in a deep breath of air. A big wave pushes you back under. The next thing you know, your body is whooshing along a long, curving pipe. The water slows slightly and you come up for air. Then you're rushing through the pipes again. You gasp for breath. Splash! The current lets you go. You're drifting in a big, broad, smelly river. You tread water and gaze around. The only light trickles in through tiny openings and the grates far overhead. Empty paper cups and bits of food float by you. The whole river smells like rotten garbage. Slimy strings of filth wind around your arms and neck. Gross! You're in the sewer system. You swim to one of the sides, but the banks are too steep and slimy to climb. You can't tread water forever. Already your arms are getting tired. Then something familiar floats by. If it's a popsicle stick, turn to page 52. If it's a blue plastic can with the words monster blood on it, turn to page 11. Brand synergy. What? That's awesome. I also appreciate that this choice isn't about, like, what do you grab? This choice is literally shaping reality. Like, what do you see? It's pretty cool. I think we got to go with Brand Synergy, Andrew. We got to go to page 11. Got to go with that monster blood. I think that's our our clearest ticket out of here. You dive for the can. Excellent, you think. You know what monster blood is from reading Goosebumps. <laughs> what? Monster Arl Stein, did you create a fictional universe where your own books exist? Monster blood makes things grow. Monster blood will make you grow. You hoist yourself on top of the floating can. You're sitting on top of the faded label. You brush some mud off and read, Monster blood, surprising miracle substance. Slowly, you crawl down the can to the lid. The can rocks back and forth in the murky water. You feel as if you're balancing on a log. The brown water laps over the sides of the can. With all your strength, you tug at the lid. It's wedged tight. You tug and tug. You have to get it open. You know the slimy green monster blood inside will make you grow. You grit your teeth and give one final tug. The lid pops off and splashes into the water. You reach your hand into the can and feel... Go to page 43. Ooh. Nothing. You lie on your stomach and peek your head into the opening of the can. You can't believe your eyes. The can is empty. 
No monster blood, no miracle substance, no nothing. The can quickly fills with the brown, slimy water. You hold on tight as the can starts to go down, down, down. Well, sailor, it looks as if you've made the wrong choice. You are sunk. The end. Whoa. I think that's it. Right? That's pretty good, R.L. Stein. Okay, two the All right. One thing I didn't love and two things I did love, and then you can counterpoint, is like, I do felt like things took too long to happen. Yes, certainly. Typically. I did like when he did the thing with the bus numbers and the page numbers. That was pretty cool. And I also like just now when he subverted our expectations. <laughs> and we were like, oh, we've read Goosebumps, Monster Blood, that's the way out of this. And then he was like, yoink, no. That's pretty cool. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. I I wish there were a few more choices. I always wish there were more choices. That's not I always want uh, yeah, like shoes around adventure books should be like life. Like there should be a choice on every page. Just make them like fifty pages long with nothing but choices. <laughs> when fine. we do our choose around adventure book, we can make sure there are as many choices. So as many we want. choices. It's gonna be like war and peace. I also choose your own adventure. <laughs> I appreciate I don't I don't know if I appreciate, but like I'm definitely here for give yourself goosebumps, body horror bonanza of just like you're this weird shape. Now you're this weird shape. Yeah, nothing you did makes a, sense. You, you did a workout on Arnold's workout machine and now like you're a weird floppy armed monster. Oh, it's like a cartoon, yeah. Ugh. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I should I should have read the brochure. There's still no explanation as to why his bus was like magically there. But wait, Arnold's you bus? No. no. Well, I mean, it's clear, like he's the bus driver. He's too. clearly I, the bus I driver. I work that yes. into the fiction. That was myself. good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. So, this book would not have made it on our show if not for our illustrious Patreon donors uh, who yeah, unlocked. Yeah, it's your fault. Who unlocked bonus episodes Jerks. many moons ago. Um, so I want to thank them. If you want to find out more about our Patreon project, you can go to patreon.com slash overdue pod. Uh, if you want to tell us what we should have done instead, you can write us an email <laughs> at overduepod at gmail.com or post pictures of your purple peanut butter to our facebook.com slash overdue pod page. Um, that's a weird way to say that. You could also tweet at twitter.com slash overdue pod. Andrew, if they want to find more of our choose your own adventure books, where should they go? Uh, they can go to overduepodcast.com where we have all our back episodes and also links to our iTunes, RSS, Stitcher, and Google Play pages. You can subscribe to the show using all of those links. And if you subscribe in iTunes, do rate and review us because it helps people find the show. That is the adventure that you should choose. I think we can we can say turn to page iTunes and write a review in the margins. <laughs> Uh, you can also find links to our Patreon project, to uh, the books that we have read and are going to read, to HeadGum, our podcast network, and Spreaker, our podcast host. Um, as we record this, our next episode is going to be uh, the Ring book, mm-hmm. and that'll be that'll close out Spooktober for us. But um, we will also be figuring out the rest of November, and we will be. I, I think we. I mean, we've talked about this. I think we want to try. 
scheduling like a month, month by at month. A time. Yeah, we're gonna. I think we might. We might try and do it. Who knows? So we have we have enough reader or listener recommendations at this point that I think we could do that, and it. I think that would help people read hell a bit more. So, um, if you have strong feelings about that, let us know. Otherwise, we will be back on Monday, and until then, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.